Hey, it's your buddy Alex Keller. And I'm your friend Mike Harding. And this is your pal's Filmtastic Voyage. Mike. Hi, Alex. Guess what? What? It's Spooktober. Oh. Can you believe it? It's scary in here. I mean, it was, it was probably October last time the episode came out, but we weren't living in October last episode. Well, we're now we're in the throes of it, huh? Yeah. We're in the throes of October we're in the throes now. Of, it's strangling us with its meaty, meaty we're strangler in, hands. We're in the muck. We're in the shit of October now. Well, that's can you smell it? That, smell it. That's rude. October is one of the top three months of the year. Top three, no yes. way. Oh, what are you talking about? It's like October and November and December for whatever reason uh, are the are, best months of the no year. Everyone way. knows that. Well, December is no. the best month because December has the most holiday days off, and it's got the it's got Christmas, and it's got the coolest birthdays. Yeah, it's got the hey, coolest we're birthdays. Both December people, slap hands. Yeah. Yay. Um, Enthusiastic Sagittarius slap right there. Well, you can be born December and not be a Sagittarius. What are you? Sagittarius. But well, isn't the 21st or whatever the cutoff for that? Yeah, but I knew you were Sagittarius. I know. I got like my, my hooves. <laughs> you can't see it right now, folks. I got my hooves and I got my bow and arrow back at my house. We do kind of have a weird, stupid... Like, I'm not a fan of the actual like symbol. Well, astrology? It's just a oh. dude with a... Bow and arrow and shit. I yeah, don't know. I mean, like cancer. Like, although they have a uh, you know a kind of suspicious name, they they're fucking crab. Yeah, crabs are fun. I Everyone love loves that. crab. Puppy love crabs. Hey, everybody, why don't you leave a comment below on uh, what the Sagittarius symbol should be changed to? Maybe it's uh, Yoshi from Mario. From Mario. When I was little and playing The Sims, you could choose what astrological sign, or you would just randomly assign an astrological sign for your characters that you made. And yeah. sometimes it was cancer, and me being little and not knowing what astrology was, so I was like, oh, that's sad. I don't want them to die of cancer. <laughs> and so I would like change their settings to make it so that they wouldn't become a cancer. When I was little, uh, my mom walked up to me one day. I, I was probably in middle school. She walked up to me one day, one day and she's like, listen... You can't play that game, The Sims, because I don't because you can play God in that game. So I don't want you to play that game, The Sims. And then immediately, because any kid would, I was immediately very curious about playing The Sims. Oh, you didn't even have it at the time. No, that's so stupid. She just walked up to me one day and said it, and then and then I was curious. Now, granted, I didn't play The Sims until maybe four or five years later, and it wasn't that fun. It was. It's not that fun. Like The Sims is not that fun. I'll be honest with you. At the time, it was rip roaring, rip roaring fun. It's good stuff. You yeah, could trap people in pools and watch them die. I didn't do that because I couldn't afford it because I didn't, my PC sucked and I couldn't afford video games on the PC. Always a console gamer for life. Still am, and I only just like within the last three months got a computer that can actually run games good, and I don't oh. use. And I only use it for animation. Well, that's the thing. I played The Sims Live in Large. Oh, because it was on. I think GameCube or Game Xbox Boy Advance or something. Yeah, that's so not that's a real game, how I no. played it. That's 
fake fake sims fake sims yeah you can't even well it's true though because you can't hack it with like custom skins and stuff yeah you can't turn off the nudity filter or whatever <laughs> i just remember uh like i'd look online at like sims footage and it would be like whoa like nightcrawler there's like a nightcrawler sim mm. skin and they do that all the time like if you watch like i've there was a go on youtube and watch all the fun Grand Theft Auto mods and stuff, and you can have like you can make all the dragons in Skyrim Randy Savage. <laughs> Not joking, that's a real thing. See, and that's the problem with consoles. I think in general is they got to catch up with that shit. They're, Xbox is trying to push, or was or still is trying to push mods on con consoles or whatever. Okay, well that's good because like I know DLC and stuff like that's cool, but like damn, like give us a re- give us a way to get some mods. And some good old-fashioned American viruses on our consoles. Is that, mm. Well, we need some good old-fashioned American viruses oh, to, yeah. to go with our uh, can't wait for downloadable that. mods. Um, you know what game I just got, Mike? What's that? Super Mario Party. Oh, shit. Gotta play one of them Mario Parties with you one of these days. How is it? It's Super Mario Fun. I Mario Party <laughs> 9 is the worst game I've ever played in my life. And Mario Party, Super Mario Party... Is a, a true return to form. It is. So they just called it Super Mario Party? Yeah, because, well, Mario Party 9, 10. I never played 10, but 9 was garbage because it basically was like, everything fun about Mario Party is not in the game anymore. And then Mario Party, Super Mario Party is like, all those fun things you liked are back in the game. Well, you know what's interesting is Mario Party is not made by. It's licensed by Nintendo and it's well, Nintendo property, but it's not made by Nintendo. It was right? starting with 9. Which is why it changed so drastically. Because Hudson Soft went out of business, and then Mario Party 9 was made by Nintendo. And this is the first Nintendo-made Mario Party that actually looks and feels. Oh. Maybe not looks, but feel, you know, plays like a Mario Party. But with it's got that nice layer of, you know, classy, glossy layer of Nintendo good, good old-fashioned game design. Like, well, like, like you know, it's, it's, it's crisp. Yeah. Whereas the Hudson Soft ones, at least the character models, I always remember looking really ugly until, like, maybe the GameCube era. Oh, okay. Because I always remember, like, think watching... As a kid, looking at like Mario sixty four and being like, "Wow, these graphics are super cool." She <laughs> wins. They're so wizard. And then um, looking at like Mario Party and be like, "Why does everyone look like they're melting?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just remember Mario Party being kind of a hit and miss property. Like, and back in the N sixty four days, I remember buying the first one and being super excited about it. And then you get to the levels where you got to like take the joystick and like uh, oh yeah they got rid of those and then you'd have like blisters like on your on the middle of your th- hand yeah so then I was like I'm never gonna buy a Mario Party again I rented Mario Party and was disappointed with it I didn't appreciate Mario Party till I was an adult and realized that the bullshit's fun right because as a kid I'm like this is bullshit I fucking can't. I'm, I'm I did everything right and I still lose what the fuck I also yeah. wasn't playing with four people I was playing with like me and my like my brother and the computers were beating us because computers they just do whatever. Well, and then also with Mario Party, what bummed me out, Super Hardcore Alex, mm-hmm. you want to know something Super Hardcore bummed me out? What? That was the first game where they changed Wario's voice to a deeper voice. And I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, I want I want that sleazy-ass, high-pitched Mario Kart 64 Wario voice. I don't remember his Mario Kart voice. Yeah. I always, I always He's know. like, ha-ha! You remember the Mario Kart voice? I was like, Wario! Ha-ha! And then the... 
And then the Mario Party voice was like, ha-ha, Wario. Well, I don't know. It's always sounded the same to me. It's kind of a high-pitched Wario voice nowadays, isn't it? I think nowadays it is. I think nowadays they've switched it back. Or right, maybe it was there just was, like a weird thing. There was a little era in there uh, somewhere where it was like, oh, lower voice. And mm. I'm like, god damn it. Would you guys, you guys were sitting on a gold mine. And you fucking yeah, I'm sure that they lost sales. Yeah. But you know what? But the gold mine Nintendo really is sitting on that they'd light the world on fire if they ever wanted to do this. Starbucks. Uh, well, kind of. Uh, Super Smash Kart and Super Smash oh, Party. Yeah. You take Mario Party, you make Mario Kart. You you get rid of all those loser characters. You put in Samus. You put in Link. Loser characters. No one wants to really be dry bones. Come on. Yeah. And then then you make all the levels themed after various hit Nintendo properties. You got yourself. You got yourself. You're printing money. You're printing money all the place. You know. It, okay. When I think when Nintendo needs that that next boost, that will probably happen. It will probably get that. But. You know, I mean, they're they're killing it right now, so I I feel like they'll probably just stick with their, you know, mm-hmm. the thing. You know, the the bummer a little bit about Nintendo, and this is coming from someone that loves Nintendo, is they're so like paint by numbers when it comes to like how they uh, phase a console. You know what I mean? It's like they they're always like, okay, for this console, we're gonna have one Smash Brothers game, we're gonna have one Mario game. We're going to have one Zelda game. We're going to have five Mario Party games. We're going to have, you know what I mean? It's never, I don't know. It seems like very like formulaic. Yeah. Just like, we got to make sure we cross out these. We got to check off this list of stuff that we're going to do for for this Where's my F-Zero? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I get the feeling we're never going to see an F Zero again. Well, what they've said is like, why make another F Zero? It's just going to have better graphics and the gameplay is going to be the same. It's like. There was like some cool lore behind F Zero. Yeah, though. make a new story mode. I don't care. With like cool ass aliens and like weird clones. There was Captain Falcon, and then there was uh, Blood Falcon. You remember yeah, Blood he's Falcon? Yeah, a clone. He's a fucking clone. Could you imagine your? Could you imagine Alex? You're on a racetrack, and you you turn to the right of you, and it's just you. In another car. You know, we were talking about video game movies the other day off the air because we don't record everything together, audience. <laughs> Cut some slack. Yeah. And uh, F-Zero would be a hell of a movie property. I think so. Unfortunately, because it's Nintendo, it wouldn't be able to be like the hard PG-13 it deserves to be, or at least uh, an R, you know? Because I want to see some sleazy Captain Falcon just like in a dive bar, basically Judge Dredd world. Yeah. He's in a dive bar. He's a, he's a, he's a fucking bounty hunter that looks like Judge Dredd. Um, you know, you got like a <laughs> bunch of aliens, gloop-glopping aliens walking around. Who knows what's hanging out? All would sorts you, of stuff. Now, would he Falcon punch someone? Oh, absolutely. He and, just randomly like lights someone on fire because he's, you know. And Falcon kick. Yeah, exactly. You have some awesome fight scenes. You get Samurai Goro. He's like a samurai. Who knows what he's doing? Yeah. Uh, and then you get Sam, Captain Falcon and Blood Falcon to Falcon punch each other and their fists collide and the world explodes. And then there's the villain, the big guy with the like the black, black leather. Bull? Black Bull. I think that's Black Bull. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, something like that. And then there's the robot guy. Uh, I think he's called the Mighty Gazelle. No, no, no. That's the name of his car. He's called... No, no, no. He's the Mighty Gazelle, and his car is named the Red Gazelle. I don't remember. I kind of remember. My go-to was always Pico, the weird alien crab thing. Is that the green guy? Yeah. Yeah. He was my go-to. 
So everybody, listen, if you're a youngin' and you weren't around for N64... Or GameCube, because I had FCR GX on the GameCube. That was fine, but like they didn't really expand on the... No, it didn't have the, the elimination mode, which was the best mode in the game. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't introduce any new characters. It was literally like copy and paste all the characters they from They introduced custom cars. Oh, that's cool. Custom car commandos for all you art film people out there. That was licensed to Sega... I think, what? right? Custom car? No, no, no. F-Zero G. Oh, yes. I think it was made... F-Zero... Yeah, I think it was made by Sega. Yeah. That makes sense. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, God bless. Speaking of F-Zero, and uh, like, we're working our way into movies as we do, because this is sure. a movie podcast where we don't talk about movies, but who gives a shit? No one watches this anyways. Um... <laughs> Hey, we have that one cool guy that watches. We us. have like three, like well, we have There's like that one cool guy that watches our YouTube. We have channel. like three people who comment pretty regularly, and we have like a dozen of uh, actual fans. Yeah. Um. So thanks everyone for supporting us. Yeah. Uh, you're the best. But uh, I was watching uh, Star Wars Resistance, which came out over the weekend, oh. and uh, I was like, man, I would kill. For just a good old-fashioned Star Wars racing game. Because in that show, they're like flying ships through rings and stuff, you know. And it's like, man, well, that pod racing game was pretty sweet. But like to be a game where it's like, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars character. And I'm, I got, I'm on a racing team. And I got to like, like make a ship out of like scraps in a cave. <laughs> and like, you know, use it to race and you get better parts and you fly through things better. It's like that would be tons of fun to have like an RPG light racing game. Set in the Star Wars universe, that'll never happen though, because EA Games Are hates we making video games. Pod racers? No, I'm talking regular like ships. Oh, okay. Pod racer too, though. You know, either or, or both. <laughs> I I would be down to revisit pod racing as much as like you know people say that the whole pod racing sequence was sort of like fluff. That it is was my, like the coolest fluff ever. That's my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. I, like I movie for me like episode one is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, if you're not counting the Clone Wars theatrical movie, which is. Much, much worse. I don't think we should. I, I, I don't know if I'd count that. Well, if we're counting, well, and also we don't count the Ewok movies too. So like, right. I love the the main lines of my because it's so boring until we get to the pod race section, and then my ears perk up, my eyes, yeah. my eyes open. And I'm like, this is so much fun. Look at the fun we're having. And then like, I get bored again until the ending. Here's the thing um, with Episode One is I think it had a lot of really cool original things. It's such a cool idea, fucking space chariots. Um, and like. What's interesting about episode one is it's so far removed from like the rest of the that universe and conflict kind of that like like two and three I felt like they were like okay we need to sort of fulfill this thing and work up to the mm-hmm. original trilogy but with one it was sort of like one thing that was going for it I thought was like you had some like really cool new different aesthetics I thought yeah. you know and like Darth Maul was cool. The, the, the sort of how they um, or, uh, orchestrated, I guess, or uh, uh, choreographed the lightsaber fights was like really cool and interesting. It's interesting. It was a little the pod fluffy. racing was interesting. Um, I don't know. There was some cool things about that movie. No, no. I mean, it's not bereft of bad of of, of, of you know good ideas. It's got lots of good ideas. It's just you know marred and sort of haphazard execution in terms of like acting and all that stuff you know well, everyone yeah. knows what's wrong with the prequels right speaking of star wars though in episode eight when that part when they're in the casino planet and the glasses start shaking i don't know if you thought that's for me i was like are those pod racing? is that pod racing oh in this i know it should have it's honestly like 
Yeah. Yeah. And then there, there was a missed bunch, opportun- bunch missed of opportunities. Father Years, which is like whatever. But like, you know, and then they, they capture the Father Years for this like kind of shoehorned in environmental message that doesn't really go anywhere. And they're just going to capture those horse space horses like an hour after they leave anyways. So. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, with episode eight, like I'd say uh, the creatures didn't really do much for me. Uh, the CG, like I, if we're talking like the those things, the, whatever they're called. Father Years. Fa fears. Okay, whatever. Fava beans. Oh yeah. And then the snow canty. Canties. I don't know. They they I, I don't know. Just uh, I guess it didn't really do much for me mm-hmm. in that movie, but that's uh, fine. I, yeah, I that's like the, the sequel trilogy. Just gotten uh, so so far has gotten a nice collection of Gleep Glops. I just wish they'd you know mix a bit more in because it seems like the prequels had a lot of original creatures but they mixed in at least some of the more ones but i mean their current excuse i don't want to call it excuse but the current reasoning is like we're in the outer like these weird territories that we've never been before so we won't have the normal collection of you know inner territory you know twi'leks and all your all your all that shit you've seen before so it's like i guess so um star wars resistance has a pretty good swath of of aliens so this show you know kids show right yeah for kids but I like it. Right on. Um, it's still kind of, it's pretty kitty, at least in terms of like the humor and animations, more kitty than the other shows for sure. Yeah. But the characters are more immediately likable, I feel, except for the main character who kind of sucks. And I'll get to that in a second. Um and I like the the sort of world that they're making, the little, little like racing like we're racing ships and we're on this cool like uh it's not like it's like a it's not a Base station. It's like a, it's on it's on the water, so it's like you know it's cool like garage on the water, and we're all racing ships around. It's cool stuff. It's like that's fun. A lot yeah. of room for interesting things going on. Captain Phasma shows up briefly. Nice. Poe Dameron and all that stuff. The only interesting thing is that the main character's name is Kaz. Is a little annoying. Kaz. But having seen three shows now created, this one's not directed by, but it's created by Dave Filoni. He's got a pattern where his shows are all star, uh, spunky, annoying little dipshits who learn how to be responsible and become really interesting characters. So like, uh, you, it's got your, uh, your typical, uh, hero's journey here. Huh? You could say that like Ahsoka really sucks when she starts, uh, Ezra really sucks. This guy really sucks. But like Ahsoka becomes one of the best characters in star Wars canon. Ezra becomes fine. It's like, he's a good, fine character. He's not the best of those bunch, but he's, you know, perfectly fine. Uh-huh. And this guy's got a lot of potential to like learn to be, you know, not annoying and not whiny and not entitled. Interesting. Now, he's not around in these new movies, right? Not as far as I know. I'm sure he's around. But it's kind of funny because he's like, it, this, I think the show takes place around six months before episode seven. And he's like, wow, man, the New Republic's like my favorite. It's like all I've ever known. It's my home. And it's like, that doesn't last long. That sucks. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, guy. Foreshadowing, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So... You know, on the topic of uh, of uh, Star Wars, is there any? It feels like we haven't talked about Star Wars in a little while. Oh right, huh? well we got all that news because uh, also we didn't talk on the air. The Mandalorian, whoa, yeah, the Mandalorian, fucking sweet, yo. Like we'll see how Episode Nine shapes up. But of all the stuff that's coming out currently, Resistance, Clone Wars, uh, continuation, revival, I guess. Uh, the Mandalorian is my most anticipated show as of now due to the talent attached. And the sweet ass costume they had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I already like the fact that it's called the Mandalorian. It's cool. And man. I hope it's like one of those shows where they're just like, "Get me the Mandalorian." Where's Ooh. the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian took it. 
Blah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like always referring to the Mandalorian. Like it's cool because it's like space western like that. Supposedly Pedro Pascal is the uh, the main character. That's a rumor. I mean, my, knowing this podcast, the day after this podcast comes out, it will be confirmed and we'll <laughs> sound like idiots. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, and then like the directors include like Dave Filoni again doing making his live action debut. You got... Taika Waititi is doing some shit. Yeah. You got Bryce Dallas Howard. Apparently, she's a director. I, I didn't, That's cool. I didn't know that she had directed... Uh, she directed some stuff. I just wasn't aware. And a couple of other really cool directors whose names I can't remember right now, but I like the stuff. I think the director of Dope is doing an episode. Oh, shit. Uh, I might have misread that. But uh, that movie was well-made. I didn't like it, but it was a well-made movie. I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, I didn't think... it. You know, the weird thing with Dope is... Um, the trailer and the actual movie were very different. Yeah, I got kind of uh, a bit of a, I get lied to a, sl- a smidge. I thought it was like a period piece for like the late 80s, early 90s. And it turns out, nope, it was just like mod- these modern day kids that like like to dress uh, ret- like they're from the early 90s or something. I forget what it was, but yeah, it was basically. just modern day. And like, then these yeah. like fun loving kids. It's but, it's a fine right. it's fine it's a fine movie. I mean, yeah. like I'm not gonna like again. It's it's a personal thing, and I just didn't didn't really care for it. But it wasn't poorly done. No, at all. yeah, it was good. It was exactly what it needed to be, and I was just like, yeah, it's not my thing. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a real cool who's who of interesting talent, and like you know, John Favreau is the showrunner, right? Which is neat. Um, yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Episode nine. What? What? Anything on episode nine? Not yet. We had, there was the casting thing. I saw Adam Driver on SNL. Uh, he was on the episode with uh, Kanye West, where Kanye West dressed up as a uh, like a Perrier, Perrier water thing. I watched half of a skit because I don't like sketch comedy, which is not a slight you against sketch comedy. Like but sketch comedy. I don't like. See. It's just the kind of person I am, and it's, again, it's nothing against, it's not like, oh, sketch comedy sucks, it's no sucks. It's more like, I just don't find sketch comedy to be very funny, and the same way I don't find comedians to be very funny, um, because I, well, it's just because it's like, I mean, comedians are funny, but like, the way I, I feel like as an audience member in a comedian, in a comedian shows, and I've been to a good number, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, no, and I feel I, bad I that, that like you know I don't laugh out loud. I'm not that kind of person. Like forcefully, it sort of feels like I, I I'm forcefully laughing. Yeah, so like comedians, like I've seen lots of like lots of comedians, and they're all funny. Like I'm I, I'm I'm very amused by their jokes. Like that's really clever. But like me, I'm just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's there's nothing more awkward. And okay, for about a year, probably over a year, when I first moved to L.A. Uh, and I still go every once in a while, but I would I would frequent this this uh, comedy show called The Junk Show with host David Huntsberger. Hey, David Huntsberger, cool guy. You rock. Um, but my friend and I would always insist on sitting in the first row. You would he would insist, or you wouldn't. I guess we both would because here's the thing: I knew him from college, and in college, we every class we had. We just immediately would be like, okay, we got to be front and center, right? So mm-hmm. that way the professors notice us and all this other shit, right? So then we just <laughs> got into the habit of always doing this, of always going front and center. Oh, fr- sensei, notice me, sensei. Yeah, sir. and then so, you know, the problem is, is like, okay, you'd go up there and like some comedians are really funny and I'd laugh. 
And then some comedians were not that great. And then I wouldn't laugh. And then they would notice and they would get mad at me or they'd pick on me. And I'm just like, damn, this is what I get for sitting in the front row of a, of a comedy show. So uh, let's just say nowadays when I go back, I don't sit in the front row. Yeah. Also, for any of you comedians out there, point at someone being like, why aren't you laughing, bud? It's not it, it, You're digging yourself a hole. There's nothing funny about being called out for not laughing. I would love to go to a comedy show and for someone to do that to me. And then just to have the courage for one night to be like, you know what? Give me the mic. And, <laughs> and then just steal the, steal the mic from them. What's the deal with airline loot? <laughs> What's the deal with airline peanuts? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Alex, if you were to do a comedy show, let's say someone asked you to do like a tight five. You know what a tight five is? I do. It's a tight five minutes of comedy. Yeah. What, <laughs> Pretty what, uh, self-explanatory. What would, you, what would you put in your set? Well, I'm not giving away my best bits. I'd probably just talk about like Fred Flintstone a lot. I mean, like the problem is I can't talk about <laughs> movies because they're not really relatable. So I'd have to think of something funny. Movies are not relatable. I mean, like not the way I use them. It's like, hey guys, do you ever see that? Like really, like not obscure, but it's like, oh, like this really, this joke would only like people who like this movie a lot would get because it's not really funny to anyone else. You've seen commoner movies. No, I'm not saying like obscure movies. I'm just saying like you know, make a joke about fucking some Star Wars character that like nobody gives a fuck oh. about and it's funny to me because I you know it's like oh I got the high ground everyone's like you know like three people in the background are like ha <laughs> yeah but then they would be they would be obligated to laugh sort of like how I was at that comedy at that comedy show uh anyways speaking of uh hilarious movies I've seen some 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 fun funny Maybe unintentionally funny, but mm. also intentionally funny movies lately. Yeah, Mike, since last 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 we spoke, I've seen a whole bevy of movies. <laughs> what? A bevy? It's a word. I've never heard anyone say bevy once mm, in my entire fault. life. A bevy. It's your fault for being so uncultured. Here's the thing. That word and all its synonyms are like the best. Like when you, cornucopia? Cornucopia, miasma, Ooh, myriad, plethora. Mm-hmm. Like, hot damn. That's like just the best. Those are some... That, that That's like a... Uh, if I was to bite into that, it would be like the, the most nutritious word ever. Anyways. Because there's so much of it. Yes. It's a group of it. A whole group. <laughs> a smattering. A smattering. Yeah. A schmear. Um, mm, a good schmear. Oh, you said a wath? A swath. A swath. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I know we've both seen two movies in theaters at least since our last taping. Yeah, and they're not really mini-sode episodes. No. We'll we'll just talk about about them in passing. I I guess we could just talk about both of them right now. Sure, why not? Spoilers from now on, sorry, everyone. Spoilers, but hey, these are like September, October movies, so like, who gives a fuck? Well, first of all, it's like nothing to spoil in like the second movie, uh, if we're going chronological. In the first movie, no one cares. Well, so, here's the thing. You're going to have to walk me through that first movie because I oh, right. was in and out of falling asleep with that movie. So the first movie that we didn't see together, we saw separate, right. but we just happened to see in the same time period, was that uh, the Eli Roth's, uh, Master of Horror, Eli Roth's yeah. a house with a bunch of clocks on the walls or whatever. Wall clocks. Wall clocks. Um, so yeah, so this movie, I will say, um, off the top, 
Loved the art style, man. I was like watching that movie. I was like, oh man, I love it. I love the art direction. That movie was impeccable. It was so yeah. great. Yeah. Um, like yes, yeah. so the movie. I thought the movie was like one step shy of being like a really great movie that lived up to the sort of. 80s, 90s kid horror movies that uh-huh. clearly inspired it. Sort of like how Goosebumps was. Kind of like how Goosebumps actually was. I thought Goosebumps yeah. actually like made, like had that because like you know made that mantle of, of we're talking especially, especially if we're talking Jack Black movies. Definitely got that mantle. Um, uh, I thought the only thing like I would change it's like and it's hard to say like only having seen it you could probably make it like do like a polish pass in, on the script like a like a punch up the jokes like you know take a joke out here put a joke here maybe take out a lot of the fart jokes. Just kind of make it a little more, <laughs> you know, stronger. I don't uh-huh. know. And that's the personal preference, obviously. But uh, I think you can do that. And um, I will say, so I really like, you know, Colin McLaughlin and Jack Black and Kate Blanchett. I thought they were all great. There's one actor in the movie, though, that I thought was a little, little out of out of their depth. But I won't say any more about that. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to besmirch nobody on this show. This show is not yeah, for besmirching. Yeah. It's only for praising. So okay, I, I need you to fill in the, some of the, these gaps for me because I, I especially towards the end I fell asleep mm-hmm. for this, and this is what sucks, everybody. Okay, I went to the theater. It was like around ten. I went up to the concession area. I'm like, may I have a coffee? Because I knew I'd need a coffee to stay awake. And they're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, those oh, poor folks have to go sorry, home. Sorry, we don't have any coffee. I'm like, God damn it. If there's any time to have coffee, it's late at night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's no true. one needs coffee at like four in the afternoon. Well, maybe four in the afternoon, but like, especially, I think there should be some coffee at night, right? So then I go in the movie without any coffee and I just struggle, <laughs> just struggle through this movie for the rest of the, of the night. So, okay, this kid goes, he gets adopted by his uncle. Yeah, because his parents die in a car accident or whatever. And long story short, his uncle's like, check it out, man, I'm a warlock. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and and this house used to belong to my grandpa or no, something. It was, I think it belonged to his creepy best friend. That's right. And then, and who had dominion over this house. Yeah, it's a little unclear if the house, like what the house's opinion and everything is because the house is live or something. I don't know. Right. But the house was like craving to be back with this like master of the house. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. And then Jack Black is living with Kate Blanchett, but they're just like frenzies. Well, they're not living there. She lives across the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But she's like always over there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was one cool thing about the movie. I never thought I'd see Jack Black and Kate Blanchett in a movie together. Yeah. That's a nice pairing. Yeah. They were, they, they, they had a good, uh, chemistry, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the kid discovers that he can be a warlock, right? Yep. Well, he's like, I, well, Jack Black's like, anyone can be a warlock. Just got to read some books. And he's like, the kid's like, I can read books. And Jack Black's like, yeah, I guess so. Okay, fine. Do it. And then he does some Kamehameha. And he does some magic and stuff. And then for some reason, my favorite part of the movie, so there's a shit kid in the movie right. who's like, man, magic's not real. And and the little kid with the goggles, little goggles kid's like, yeah, it is. I'm going to, I'm going to show you some necromancy. And it's like, why would you jump to necromancy? 
Well, yeah, okay. So like later, it kind of explains it, but it also doesn't because it would be like, "Hey, man, you ever seen a firecracker? Why well, got this nuclear bomb? I'm just gonna light it up, see what happens." It's like, no, like he, I like before like early in the movie, he's like shooting electric balls, just like do that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. No, I agree. So basically, this one kid is like the only kid that picks him on the basketball team, and then they start hanging out, and then like. They vote the kid to be class president, but then that kid decides he's going to go off with cool kids now. Well, it's mostly, he was always a piece of shit. It's just because his arm was broken. He, had, he couldn't hang out with his other piece of shit friends who didn't want to hang out oh, with him. There, okay. Basically, it was a big circle a circle jerk of pieces of shit. So this kid's walking away to hang out with the cool kids, but then this other kid's like the, the, necrom, the, <laughs> the necromancer. The necromancy kid. <laughs> He is. That was the That's name. That's what he that, is. That was the original name. The of necromancer. The, movie, the necromancy kid. <laughs> Um, so, so the kid's like, let me show you some fucking necromancy. And it all goes awry. So then they open this secret closet and there's like a scary book. And also, then they, Jack Black, do a better job of locking your closets. Come yeah. on, man. And you then put they, the key in the closet next to the closet. They recite something. Blood, right? It's a blood ritual. And then Cobb McLaughlin, you know, comes out of his grave. Yeah, and he's all spooky. I liked how the movie didn't shy, you know, shy away from the spooky. There, I don't know if you were awake, but there's a flashback where it's like, I was, I was hanging in um, the woods, and I was hanging out with Azazel, Azazel, like Prince of Prince of the Damned, and like he's like a creepy old dude. He's like the fucking guy from behind the diner in Mahal and Drive. Yeah. It's like, it's, well, it's, it's like, ooh, spooky. It's kind of where things get hazy for me. I mean, I remember the next part being like the kid runs to the woman across the street and she's like, oh, okay. And she comes over to the house. But then the, <laughs> the old dead guy shows up and then him and then the lady from across the street start making out in yeah. front of these kids. She was drinking the polyjuice portion the whole time. And then what? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was disguised. She was secretly his, his wife. And then, and then this is where I completely black out, and because this is apparently right. maybe the last act of the movie, where like Jack Black turns into a baby, which I oh, totally it's missed. Horrifying. Um, but anyway, so what happens? I guess I'll, go, I'll just run through the movie. Spoilers, full spoilers. Sure, for the third yeah. act of this movie. Everyone, sorry. Um, uh, the kid gets locked in a cage or whatever, and then like the guy has his whole parlor scene. And he's like, "This is my evil plan. I'm going to rewind the world so everyone's dead." Wow. And it's like, okay, I missed that. Okay, and then Jack Black and uh, Kate Blanchett's like, I can use magic again because I have the, you know, the motivation. And then she like does some cool <laughs> shit and saves people. And then they get kicked out of the house by a bunch of puppets. Nice. Um, and pumpkins. And then they kind of regroup. <laughs> the, the kid does some really weird, annoying magic stuff to find out the location of the clock on the walls, oh. which they find. Um, and then they kind of regroup. They go back in the house. It's kind of weird because apparently Kate Blanchett's character is a Holocaust survivor. And right. then she gasses a bunch of puppets to death. Oh, that's... Which is like, that's kind of weird if you think about it. Yeah. And, Jesus. And then um, she fights a big snake, which William Snakespear, which is my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, I missed all that. And then they go and they find the big clock on the walls. And then Kyle McLaughlin is like, you can't do it. It's too late. And he zaps Jack Black into a baby. But it's like a baby with Jack Black's human-sized head it's horrifying it's also all cg so it doesn't it looks uncanny to begin with it's oh. it's it's creepier than it it's right. the creepiest thing you'll ever see this year and then he's just like wandering around something and the kid's like uh you know here i don't know like what i'm gonna do my genius plan 
Which is not like, it's like what I was thinking. It's like a normal non-magic human. is like, I want to take my magic ink ball. I'm going to shove it in the gears and just, you know, throw shit into all these gears and see what happens. And then he did, and then it stops because, you know, there's shit between the gears and everything goes to shit. Oh, it's all a metaphor. And all explodes. I guess so. But like me watching the movie is like, just throw shit in the gears. Just like, it's like a big open pit of gears. Just like... Just throw something in there. Well, no, because the eight ball was a symbol for his parents. Yeah, like this. And he had kind to of let sibling. go. Let go. Yeah, he had to let go of his parents, Alex. Yeah, yeah. And then everything goes back to normal. And Jack Black's not human or whatever. Right, and that's when I woke up when Jack Black was like, had a shirt off, and I'm like, how? Why? Huh? Jack Black has a shirt off in here, and then yeah. Anyways. Yeah, and then everyone's happy ever after. Like everyone's a cool. They're not like you know. Like, Jack Black and, like, Kate Blanchett are, like, you know, a couple, but, like, they're, like, you know, hanging out. They have, like, a magical act together. The kid's still annoying, and uh, <laughs> he's, like, I'm too, like, I don't give a fuck about being popular. I'm going to hang out with this girl who draws bugs, and that's, like, it. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, here's this person that wanted to be his friend the whole movie, and he just, <laughs> it's like she didn't exist. Like, she'd say something to him, and he'd just, like, run past her. It was great. You knew someone like that. What's that? I think you used to work with someone like that. Uh... Did I? I mean, I'm sure there's been a few people. I remember telling me stories. I'm hoping we won't get to it. Um, okay. Weird. Uh, anyways, so you ever watch a movie, and um, this is not a slight against the actor. I don't want to. I want to preface that. But you ever watch a movie and think like, see a kid that's getting bullied and like yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> yes. Because uh, this is one uh, one of those kids. It's like same with the kid from the Never Ending Story. It's like you're just a weirdo. Like, it's, like, there's, like, artsy misunderstood types, and there's just, like, just get, like, come on, kid, get with it. And, like, I'm a jerk, and, you know, I shouldn't be thinking that, but I do. Well, here's the problem. I think with kid actors, it's, I think it's really hard for a kid to kind of, like, grasp exactly what, (laughs) like, the level of self-awareness you should have when, like, playing a part, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, someone writes a kid into a movie, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to make this kid a really good kid. He's like a really good kid, but he's picked on and stuff. Got to save that cat. What's that? Got to save that cat. Got to save that cat. But like if you make, you know, if it's just like a kid that's annoying playing the kid that's supposed to be good, then well, what do you I, I like with? in the movie how the bully kid, when he's trying to be kind of nice at the very beginning, is like, hey, kid, why don't you take off those goggles? Because no one's going to like you if you wear goggles because you're weird. And he's like, nah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, you know, like, you know, don't complain about it. You're doing this to yourself. I mean, if we're talking like, it, listen, if there, okay, Oscar, the Academy Awards should have best kid. No, it shouldn't. I'm going to stop you. Kid, I'm going to stop you right there. Best kid of the year. Best kid actor of the year. This is the Nickelodeon's <laughs> Kids' Choice Awards can have that award. Nobody else can. No, no, no. Uh, the Oscars, there should be an Oscar for the best kid of the year. Yeah, and fair. like, uh, you know, who should it, you know who it should be for 2018? Charles Wallace. Well, it depends how how um, Charles Wallace is acting circles around this kid. All right. Well, there's also uh, Room from The Predator, and how how young are we talking? Because well, like, would Shuri from Black Panther be Panther be considered kid? No. Okay, she's that's too a old. grown. That's a that's a she's a teenager, so it doesn't count. I but guess. still, no, I'd say it has to be under. It has to be pre-teen. Okay, it has to be like pre. I don't know. Charles Wallace, like, I guess. There's a little girl from Winnie the Pooh. I'm trying to think of kid major kid roles this year. Let's say 12 and younger. Yeah, no. I'm that just... seems to be the... Hmm. I'd say that'd be the threshold. 
Charles Wallace, all the way. There's a little girl who was a clone in a Jurassic World. <laughs> I think she should get uh, not the Razzie. That's mean. No, but that that role didn't make any sense. It's not her fault though. She did the best she could. She could cry in command. Yeah, yeah. I I think of all all the actors, all the kids that we mentioned this year, not in, they all did. Really good, good stuff. Well, sure. I mean, kids doing, you know, kids are doing the best. Hey, I've never acted. All right, so like, you know, kids are already those kids are already more successful than I am at that shit. I mean, of those group, I can think of like one kid who was like, mm. but I want to again. I'm gonna leave it vague so no one's gets hurt. There you go. Well, for all listen for all our young audience out there, you keep acting. All right. Uh, you know, there should be a best dog actor uh, award also while we're at it. This was not really a year for dogs, though. There was the dog from the Predator. The what? This? Oh, no, yeah. No, the other dog. The dog that shows the, up to get then. You the know. slappy dog. It was a big slappy dog. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other dogs and things. I would have been so bummed out. Like it seemed for a minute there that they were going to kill that dog in that movie, The Predator, and I would have been so bummed out. I watched a movie recently that had some stone cold dog murder in it, but uh, we'll get to that later. Probably next episode. Oh. Probably next episode, everyone. Jeez. Maybe this... Yeah, yeah, next episode. Stone Cold Dog Murder. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. I thought it was like one... Like, yeah. Like one one step short of like a real, real solid classic kid adventure type movie. But it's still good, though. It's still a good movie, I thought. From, what I, from what I saw of it, it didn't seem bad. It's like... Yeah. It's like unoffensively <laughs> fine. It's um, like take your kids, you know, rent it for Halloween, whatever. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Alex. September twenty eighteen, movie wise, was it a bust? Yes, I think so. It was the worst month for movies in a long time because I had to struggle to find movies to watch. It's also because the Sisters Brothers and the Old Man with the Gun weren't fucking available anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's weird, you know. I, there's usually like a gem. There's one gem that I think sticks those were out. the gems, but they were only playing in like Pasadena. Yeah. And I put an Enya on that for no reason. And Pasadena is a whole 15 minutes away. I'm not doing that uh, shit. More like 25. I don't know. Well, do you got a park close. then? What? Put a guy, and then you got a park at the mall or wherever? At the arc light? It's expensive. It adds up. Yeah. And I also, know. I don't get free movies at the arc light. No one does. Or the Lamley. Lamley's worth it, man. No, they're both I worth like it. Lamley. I don't, well, yeah, me too, but I don't get no free movies there. Well, I don't like how they don't got assigned seats. I used to be so anti-assigned seats until... I, I hate it. Until they invented the self-checkout monitors, then I was so for it. But before they did that, I had to go up to the people and be like, hi, I'd like to go see this movie at 11 <laughs> in the morning. They're like, okay, pick your seat. I'm like, just let me sit anywhere. I don't give a shit. And then I had to be like, fine, ugh. Uh, but now, you know, and then like, you know, a year later they invented like, here, just go up to the thing and push a button. And then I was like, whatever, I'm totally fine. And now I do it on my fucking phone. Listen, I, I'm still not for it. And I'll tell you why, What's Alex, why? with the assigned, okay. with the assigned, bless, assigned seating, with the assigned seating, uh, it stresses me out, not on my own behalf, but what will happen is like, okay, me and whoever's going, we'll, we'll go in. We'll sit down in our assigned seats, and two things happen. One of them being now everybody shows up during previews because they have their assigned seats. And so you're sitting there watching trailers, and just people are fucking pouring in as the, as the trailers are playing. And for me, I'm like, God damn it. 
If there was no assigned seating, they would have been here earlier. Mm. And then second thing that stresses, and this really stresses me out, I'll be watching people in front of me walking up to other people and being like, oh, um, actually, you're in my seat, right? Mm. So then those people will move out of the seats and they'll just sit down in someone else's assigned seat and then those people will come in and they'll be like, oh, uh, actually, you're in my assigned seat. And then these people will get up again and probably move to somewhere else yeah, that's well, not an assigned it's seat. It's not your problem. So and there's I'm no just reason like, to get stressed oh, out over it. Oh, these fucking people. And B, those people are dickheads. But it stresses me out. It, it's, it, I don't know what it is. It just stresses me out. There's, I like, I don't know, sometimes it depends because usually it's like that you see someone's in your seat and you know they're clearly not supposed to be there. Like, hey, piece of shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my seat. I paid to be here. You go sit in the back. And then they go like, mm, and they like shuffle right. away. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously I don't say it like that, but like, you know, that's what I feel in my heart sometimes. Sometimes. But usually it's like, oh, um, sorry, excuse me. I think I'm sitting there. And they're like, oh, shoot. It's, this isn't, oh, this is row M. Oh, I thought it was row K. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, that happens occasionally. Uh, more God. often. More often than the other one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's more, it doesn't matter. That rarely happens to me anyways. Yeah. The only thing about the inside seating that's become problematic recently is like, I find is that we get like, you know, you and I both now have the AMC A-list, which is apparently a big success, which is great because I love it. Yeah. Um, but you can't like, now we have to like, I can't just buy a bunch of tickets and it'd be reimbursed because you get free movies. So I have to like uh. call you and then be like, okay, get... No, K sixteen, ready now. All right, we have yeah. to both do it at the same time. Um, three, two, one. So yeah. like that's a little annoying, but that's like that's our issue. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we haven't had a problem with it yet. No, not yet. But yeah, I know what you mean. You can't just simply, you can't just simply buy a row anymore. Well, you can, but it's just like if someone else has the has the free thing, they're just wasting money. Yeah. Um. But yeah, apparently the AMC Pass is like, they were expecting 500,000 subscribers by the end of the first year. They've gotten 400,000 at the end of three months. Wow. So it's going real good for them. Now, any word on MoviePass? MoviePass is, is not gone? out of business, but I think they've lost so many subscribers. I'm sure they're doing fine now because they've lost most of their subscribers. Oh. And they're also automatically renewing people into their plan still. And there was right. a whole thing about that. I, that's the entire reason I never got a MoviePass is because, A, I like the idea but two B uh, two reasons, A didn't believe it would ever last that long, and B was like, I'm not gonna give this shady company my credit card information and have them like do whatever they want with it, you know? Yeah, I mean the sad yeah the sad thing is like I th- I think they were well intentioned, which is which is like, you know I I think they meant well, but they just didn't have a good plan. Like they had a very naive plan. Yeah, I don't know what their plan was. Basically, from what I understand, their plan was like, we're going to be so successful that we're going to go up to AMC and stuff and be like, hey, man, if you don't give us cut of your profits, we're going to do something. And AMC's like, what the fuck would we give you a cut of anything? People are coming, still coming to our theaters to see movies, to buy stuff. Their whole thing was like, they were like, yeah, you know, the, the, the way we treat this is... Um we figure there's going to be some people that really take advantage of Movie Pass, but then for other people, it'd be like a gym membership where they don't like they stop showing up after a while or whatever, and then we would just make money off of them. And the, that's like fundamentally flawed because, like, the movies and the gym are 
They're, yeah, a, they're not. They're completely different. Completely different activities. Things. And also, yeah. when you charge enough for, to make lose money off of essentially one ticket, you see one movie a month, and you're already in the red. Yeah, like you know, depending on where you live, of course. But in L.A., you know, you see one movie. That's it. You've lost six bucks. Well, movie pass. Good job. It makes you wonder if they had because they were going for like ten bucks a month, right? Yeah. Their memberships. It makes you wonder if they had just done twenty, well, like, they probably would have gotten a ton of people, and they probably would have not had the problems they have now. Right? I mean, like AMC's is is ten dollars a month, and I think they said like for the first six months or a year, they're not going to or twenty bucks a month. They're not going to change it. They're not going to uh, change the price for at least the first six months or a year. I forget the exact thing. Even if it was thirty though, I'd still do it because still two free movies a month maybe i maybe but I, like, the way i like even with the 20 the 20 dollars a month though now like you know it's like well i'm seeing like two or three free movies a month at the very least maybe i'll get some popcorn <laughs> and that's how they're there you know it's like i know i'm playing into their game but it's working yeah yeah and really like uh movie theaters get get as you as i'm sure you know i mean movie theaters get all their money from concessions yeah most of it pretty much all of it yeah yeah uh yeah and speaking of the movie theater going experience ah uh, we saw another movie didn't we ah uh, yeah and i got a free comic book out of it Do I? well i have it somewhere but it's not important uh listen everybody if you were there thursday night to see uh, a, a special new uh superhero movie excuse me the world has enough superheroes. This mm. was a super villain movie. Super anti-hero or whatever they called it in the other trailer, too. Um, you get a free comic book companion for this movie. Uh, basically a retelling of the movie, which I threw right in the trash. You guessed it, everybody. Uh, Alex and I, uh, we both saw Venom. And what a fun, what a fun, funny... We, I think we have different opinions about this movie, Not but, but so well, it depends. Like, my opinion on this movie is this movie is a lot of stupid fun, but it's a really bad movie. <laughs> which is my opinion. Which it feels like you and other people I know. It's like that was a not so bad and also really stupid fun. I guess I'm just you know that's it's not that opinion. it was not so bad. It's like on it's 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 like the 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 very minimum. To make a passably entertaining movie, like it's like a C minus movie. Well, I feel like it's like a C plus, okay, or something. I give it a, a two and a half out of four. And and here's the thing: this this movie was born into into mediocrity. Like this this movie was uh, handcrafted to be mediocre this at movie, most. This movie feels more akin to like Ghost Rider than yes. any any superhero movie the last five years. Sony was basically saying, listen, you know, we gave Spider-Man over to Marvel to split the profits with, so we're going to make this deal, I guess. I guess they made some deal with Marvel Studios where they're like, well, you guys can have Spider-Man in your, your universe, but we get all the profits for Venom. And Marvel is like, uh, whatever, Sony. Well, there was fuck never. It. I mean, they all they didn't. I don't think they made that deal because that was always they always owned Venom. Right. Yeah. I just think it was like, well, you guys have Spider Man, and yeah. 
They think, kept them for themselves. I think there was like some kind of deal where it's like, and then we can have our own Spider-Man movies or something, but by Spider-Man's utter lack of presence in this movie, I would assume that uh, that might not be the case. So then the idea is, hey, let's make this Venom movie. It has no attachment to anything else. It has no reference to Spider-Man. Nothing. We're just making a Venom movie, and that's it. So how good could you make a Venom? Like, I honestly think it's probably impossible to make, like, a really good Venom movie. Unless it's, like, hard R, like, 80s, you know, 80s aesthetic Venom. I disagree with the hard R because I think that's just such a, you know, it's like, oh, this movie can only be good with the hard R. I thought this movie would have been better because it would have been more schlocky, which would have been fun to me. But, like, it wouldn't have been better with, like, you know, if you actually see Venom biting people's heads off. It wouldn't have been like, oh, man, that was so much objectively better because you saw Venom bite someone's head off. Well, here's the thing. You either need to make it really grotesque or you need to make it really schlocky. Yeah, it'd be like, this movie deserved, they could have used a bit of schlock. Oh, it had uh, plenty uh, of schlock. No, but, like, a nice extra layer of schlock where he's, like, literally biting people's heads off and ripping people in half. And you got, you know, just doing some silly shit like that. I, I would appreciate that. Um, Have, you know, Eddie Brock being, like... Oh, fuck. So here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing that I didn't expect. All right. From the trailer, I felt like Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock was basically sleepwalking through this movie. And then when you see the movie, you're like, you know, he actually is like playing a character. Like he's playing a character. He's the heart and soul of the picture. But he, it's weird because he's playing a character. It's like he's actively playing this weird, dumbass guy. Yeah. Like, and you're like, wow. So he actually decided to do this mm-hmm. this way instead of actually just what seemed like him sleepwalking through the movie yeah. based on the trailer. Eddie Brock is a total dingus in this <laughs> movie. Like, there's like, he's like, first of all, there's like, hot shit reporter Eddie Brock montage in the beginning of the movie and he's like hi I'm Eddie Brock he's like looking at his notes and being like yeah so we're here in like <laughs> San Francisco um I, just, uh, uh, so I was Brock, laughing during that whole montage the, yeah uh, the Eddie Brock report and we're going here to do stuff like I don't know if that, that wasn't the intention I just thought it was funny it's like come on man memorize your shit know where you are don't look at your notes <laughs> look at the camera um, and then he's like I'm gonna Oh man, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna accuse this rich guy of stuff that I have no proof of. Right? Yeah. He has and zero I legally proof. can't prove. And even if I do have proof, of it, I legally can't say anything because that's you know against lots of laws, I guess, or something. Or you know. Well. And, uh, and it's all gonna work out in my favor, I guess. And then he gets totally fired, and his ex now his now ex ex fiance gets totally fired. Um, and it's like, well, good job, guy. You did it. It's because he somehow knew the password to his. Uh, what was it, girlfriend, uh, wife, fiance. fiance? He somehow knew the password to his fiance's personal computer. I mean, that's not uncommon. And they didn't even well, they didn't even make a thing out of it. Like he just like it was password protected, and he just like boop, and uh, then like <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like how you know fucking reporter genius Eddie Brock was like looking over his shoulder, like oh she'll know, she can't notice, but she's gonna see that the email got clicked on. Right. Yeah. And then also yeah, and then he reported what was in her email and then yeah anyways so it's like yeah like good job like how could you like where would that possibly leak from either way like yeah it's hard to feel bad for him when it was clearly his fault but like the movie doesn't really ask you to though which is kind of nice what i love is when uh he's talking to his boss Mm -hmm. and his boss is like 
you know, Eddie Brock, you're like a really smart guy, but sometimes you're so dumb. And I was like, he's not smart. He's just always dumb. Yeah, I, like he didn't do anything, <laughs> didn't say or do anything to make me think this guy knew what he was doing. But here's, okay, I thought it was going to be really problematic when he got when he got the symbiote in him and he was Venom. But there was actually like a little bit of charm to that. And and there was one scene in particular that I'm just like, this is so dumb, but like it it's it's kind of sweet where it's like he's in the back of his ex-fiance's car and he and <laughs> the symbiote's in his head mm-hmm. and he's just like Tell her you're sorry. This might be the last time you can. And I'm just like, what? I like when Venom shows up, the movie picks up. Like the first half hour is like boring and just like whatever. But then the second Venom shows up and they start having their little tat rat tat tat each other. It's it gets fun. great. I think. It's like the movie The Mask. Yeah, exactly. It's like The Mask, <laughs> except with if the mask talked. Yeah. Um Yeah, there was some good stuff going on with that. I really liked the Venom character. I like how it's like Eddie Brock, you're such a you're a stupid piece of shit. You yeah. suck. But then later in the movie, my favorite motivation for any character ever is like, well, on Symbiote Planet, I'm kind of a, a dumb piece of shit too. So, but here I'm like super cool. So. Right. Oh man. Which is a great motivation to stick around. Because honestly, like if you were like you know regular human and you go to some planet where you can like you know everyone's like three feet tall and you can like jump in the air and like kick over buildings or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna stick around here. Yeah. Yeah. And like you know, everything else was. I mean, again, like this movie is sort of just mediocre in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like the main villain, the symbiote, Riot sucks. Basically, looked like Venom, except a little bit lighter, and that was it. Like it was two blobs fighting each other. <laughs> like the main. The, the, the third act was just two blobs fighting each other. And I you're like, like, which one's which? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I like Michelle Williams. She had more to do than nothing, which is good. She still didn't do much, but at least she wasn't like wasted. I still, She had some good lines and some good reactions, and I enjoyed her presence. And it was cool when she showed up with... Mm. Uh, I mean, this is like kind of a spoiler, I guess, but well, we, she... Yeah. Who cares, right? The only like, real spoiler in the movie, I guess. Yeah, like she shows up at this. We don't know why, but she shows up as as the symbiote, and that was like kind of cool. And then the thing happens, and then yeah, yeah. sexy venom. <laughs> I um, thought it was. I th- when I first saw that, I thought it was uh, the scientist lady. Oh no, she's long dead. Because well, because the symbiote got her. But then it left. Remember that left and died, and then Rizamed was like, oh. "What the fuck were you idiots doing? Why were you watching her? Just far." I liked him a lot. Like. He was fun. I mean, like, he's like, you know, you're pretty... He's he was fun. He was fun. You said that. I didn't say that. No, yeah, I know. Um, I liked like, I liked his motivation in terms of, like, you know, being an evil scientist. It was like, well, you know, like a, a, an evil version of... Uh, what's Elon the, Musk. An Elon Musk type. Yeah. At least it was like, he's got, like, two dimensions. He's like, right. I'm an evil. I'm evil and don't care about, you know, I only care about results. But yeah. also, like, I gotta save the planet because we're all fucked. And it's like, at least there's the, at least he's got two dimensions. Yeah, yeah. He at least had a motivation. And I liked how he, I liked how he was like, little girl, don't be afraid of asking questions. Anyway, see ya. I'm not gonna answer your question. Bye. Oh, he's like, yeah. Wait. yeah. I was laughing pretty hard during that part. I was like, <laughs> what? Answer the fucking question. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh yeah, but no, I liked uh, him. I didn't. It doesn't make sense. So I thought Riot was really weak because he just kind of like for a second. I thought Riot was Venom, 
Right. Because yeah. then it turns out it's just some random whatever, and it's got motivation, but who cares? It At spends, least make him a, like a different color or something. Well, I don't know. Like, even then, it spends it like he's, they, the the movie spends time within Malaysia doing who knows what. It takes over a, an old lady and spends <laughs> the old lady spends <laughs> yeah. six fucking months walking to the airport or whatever. Because it takes over an old lady, and then it's like six months later. And then the next time you see it, it's at the airport. It's like, that old lady took six months to get to the fucking airport? Are you kidding me? Hey, listen, the symbiote had to work work a job to make some side money to, get, you know, get that airplane cash. Yeah, and then it takes over a little girl, which I'm not sure if the little girl was going to San Francisco or not. I assume so, but, like, I was, it wasn't clear. Well, I thought it was just a reason to have a spooky little girl in the movie. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh man, I'm gonna have a spook, spooky little girl. So what I don't, okay, I, I let me let me kind of explore the the symbiote thing because it seems like it's one of three things in this movie, and they don't really explain it. For one, it's it seems like the symbiote goes into somebody and then they just immediately die, and I don't understand why that happened because there's some compatibility problem, but I don't under, I don't get that. I don't understand that, and then. So it either does that or it does the thing where it mind controls them and turns them into these weird ass zombies and then they go and do their thing and then the symbiote leaves them for something else or it happened or that it does the thing that happened with Eddie Brock and CEO where like it's actually a symbiotic relationship where it's like the two of them working together. So like how does it decide yeah, it, what's what? Hey, they, don't think about it. Exactly. Like they don't. They don't say though. Like I. Ah, I don't understand. I don't know. I wish Riot was like. Sure, it establishes a ticking time clock, which is what you want in your movies. But I wish Riot was like you know you knew what the hell he wanted and what his motivation was the whole time, or like like. You know, it's like the movie has like a pretty okay villain and Carlton Drake or whatever his name was, but like Carnage just shows up at the end, like ta da, here I am, something to fight. All right, right, yeah. I don't like it in movies um, when like you know the final boss of the movie is different than the villain for the rest of the movie. You know. Well, yeah, and that's unless it was like the villain himself working. Like the thing about Riot is that uh, uh, Carlton Drake, or I think that's his name, never like. Is never like goes up to a symbiote. It's like, okay, man, you and me, we're in this together. You know, take me. It's just like a random happenstance. And it's like, oh, look, I have venom powers now. Isn't that isn't that sweet? Like he he doesn't do that on his own volition. <laughs> Unlike you know, like say like uh, 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 Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. He's like, I made this big Iron Man suit, and now I'm I'm Iron Monger. Look at that. You know, like he you know, it's a little more even. Well, to the I, point. I yeah, even but at least like I, I would Jeff say Bridges Iron made Monger the suit. was a weird. But he, like Jeff Bridges made the suit, and like that's his yeah. thing. Like, it's not like it's like it's it's not like if Jeff Bridges like opened a closet and a suit fell out. It's like, well, I guess I'll just put right. on the suit and be the final boss now. Right? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like the third act of the movie gets a little muddy. Dare I say, mucky? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> then, and then it's just a dumb third act. Just a, it was like an obligatory third act. Yeah. It just kind of like. Plus- like yeah, I also thought it was a pretty bad idea to have two black monsters fighting each other over a black backdrop. Well, that's what I mean. It was just like a big mess, like literally, like mm. a mess on the. It was just a mess on. Also, the like I just think like let's have a fun fight at sunrise. You ever see fights at sunrise? That's fun. Yeah. Or the Ooh, morning. You get all the you get the get the sunrise reflecting off the goop. Yeah, you get some nice rim lighting. You yeah. Know? Nah, yeah. Honestly, I thought it only got well. Okay. You know what I wish I, there was more of in that movie? Hmm. 
is what really was like the last scene where it was like Eddie Brock talking to Venom and being like, hey, we're only going to like fight bad people and not good people. And then he goes into the liquor store and then there's the guy and then the, the, thing. the wind and all that stuff. Yeah. I like fun. I like how during that scene also he's like, Venom's like, oh man, your ex-girlfriend's never going to like, we're going to win her back. It's going to be great. (laughs) I think that was really funny. And I also like how, you know, Venom at the end of the movie bites off that random thug that totally random thugs her head right off. And then the lady at the drugstore is like, what's going on? What's this? Not like, holy fuck. Like she should be freaking the fuck out. And also (laughs) Tom Hardy should be covered in blood. Well, and then also, wouldn't he have someone's head digesting in his stump? This is one thing that horror, like when you think about it, it's like horrifying, right? So Venom eats someone's head, and then he turns back into Eddie Brock. Now, does that mean that there's someone's head in Eddie Brock's stomach? Maybe it instantly like gelatinizes and just turns into gross. the symbiote, like it's absorbent of the symbiote's goop. And I then, hope so. I don't know. It's fucking gross, man. I know some folks were complaining about like, oh man, I can't believe they made Venom a clown. It's like, I don't know about you, Mike, because you probably read more comics than I have in terms of Spider-Man and Venom and stuff. Every time I see like a, a, a panel of Venom, uh-huh. like, you know, it's like Venom throughout the ages. Like Venom's obviously like the dopiest, silliest dude in like comic books, you know, mostly from the 90s. Well, I mean, yeah, like Venom it was created in a time of comics. It was like uh, it's a bygone era by now where it's just complete like um, if you're talking 80s and 90s comics, hmm. it's just overblown characters like it's just overdone over uh, like it, it, you know, it's it's that whole time period where it's like, let's make these giant buff ass things. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what Venom is. There's no practicality to him. He's just pure fantasy. Yeah. And like, if you, I don't know. Yeah, he's goofy. He's a goofy guy mm. for sure. So I don't know if you, I, I said this before the movie started. I don't remember if, I, if you heard me or not. Huh. I, I predicted two things before the movie started. Oh, yeah. One of them was the scene, the turn in the wind scene was going to be the last scene of the movie. Oh, and uh, he was going to be like, ah, oh, sorry, Ms. Chen, see you. And he was going to walk out of the movie, and that was going to be it. And I was totally 100% right about that. Right. And then I said, and then there's going to be a stinger where, because they announced Woody Harrelson's going to be in the movie. Uh-huh. And I was like, he's going to be in the stinger. And it's gonna, he's going to show up, and he's going to be like, it's going to be a world of carnage. <laughs> and I said, literally, said he was going to say something like, and he sa- I said, he's going to show up, and he's going to say like, it's gonna, there's going to be carnage or something. And he fucking literally says that. Literally says that. What I didn't predict, though, is that he would be Ronald McDonald. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. That scene mid credits, I feel like it was almost like a fever dream. Like I feel like I was like I wasn't watching something that was actually happening because he he. <laughs> it's so dramatic. He's like fucking writing shit in blood, and and all that is fine, right? But he goes into this. He goes into this uh, prison cell, and then here's yeah. Here's literally. Woody Harrelson and I I feel like they just got some intern to make an emergency run to some Halloween shop because he has this this red this like bright ass Ronald McDonald red wig on his on his head and I'm yeah. like why did they do this It's just like the whole scene is like some sort of like Hannibal Lecter like oh don't like don't look at him too hard like these are the rules and like they open like you see him like he's like writing on the walls and blood and stuff and he just turns around and he's fucking little orphan Annie with yeah. this goddamn wig on, it's. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. Yeah, like why? 
And I get like, okay, the character has red hair, and so therefore Woody Harrelson should have red hair. But it's like such a bad, like, they could, man, yeah, that was, it was, but it, see, here's the thing. It was like so bad that it was good. Yeah, no. Like, I hope that Venom 2, which I'm actually looking forward to now, I seriously am. Like, if they kind of like take the good parts of this movie and really run with it, Venom 2 will be oh great. Oh my God. If they yeah. make, if they realize that Venom is stupid and just make Venom 2 real stupid, like on purpose, I'm in, you know? There's enough, yeah, I mean, there's enough you could do with, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I would see a Venom 2 also, because there's just enough you can do with just Venom. And Car- Venom versus Carnage. Venom versus stuff. Carnage, you know, even though, like, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do, um, if they if they do this, if, like, Venom gets his Spider-Man symbol, it's like, hey, Venom, why do you got the spider? It's like, oh, I really like spiders. Or something like, they should try to, like, shoehorn that in if they don't, if they don't incorporate the Spider-Verse. I mean, the sad thing is, is this movie... At some point, it would be really nice for them to have some sort of reference to Spider-Man, just because it feels so odd if it didn't. Right? I would like Tom Hardy to pop up in the MCU. That'd be kind of fun. Me Venom. too. That'd be pretty great. I think he's earned it. Or at least, you know, either Tom Hardy popping up in the MCU, or at least have Tom Holland pop up in a Venom movie or something. Have something there. That'd be nice. Um yeah. Uh, the problem is, of course, um, they don't have like the tight knit continuity group or yeah. whatever that they got going on. Even though it's not the tightest of knits group, but like you know, it creates it creates a bunch of issues. Sony right. clearly doesn't really want to be restricted by the MCU's sort of you know production flow and all that. I mean, the funny thing is, is this movie takes place in its own little bubble. Like you could have this movie be a part of the MCU with not a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the funny thing is, the only thing I think you would risk crossing over with is fucking Ant Man. Yeah. But even then, like, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Damn. Now, the only thing about the movie that really disappointed me huh. was the after the credits super second stinger, which was just oh, a yeah. full fucking scene of the new Spider Man animated movie, which uh. I find that to be kind of offensive when you're you put a essentially a commercial and not like a specifically film for the movie commercial, but a literal scene from another movie commercial at the end of your movie as a stinger. It annoys me because it's lazy and annoys me because I don't like watching clips of movies I want to see before they come out. Well, you know what? And it feels like one of those things that they do because they're like, see guys, like, you know, we can do superhero stuff too. Like, Hey, come on. See the, see, like we're good. Right. You know, like it's like it, 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 uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, which mm-hmm. was awful. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, they're like, hey, we're putting in like five minutes of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past in here. Was that really happening? Yeah, that Oh, happened. right. That was the worst. It was the whole... Uh, and it's funny because it's that it's the scene where like the people go in to get the mutants out of... Yeah, Vietnam. Vietnam. But like they cut all these... They cut a ton out of the scene... And so then when you see it again in Days of Future Past, it actually makes sense as opposed to when you see it. But that's a Fox property. Was it doing a Sony movie? I think it was something where Sony and Fox were like, hey, we got to like do something. Wasn't the thing, wasn't the stinger for the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like, we're going to play a song and then you use your like special app that we made that lets you, you know, see what songs are. And we'll take you to a website where you can look at 
something sinister six is that really I, I think so and it was just like come just do things the normal way well, stop trying was, to be so but, hip but there was a mid credit stinger for amazing spider-man 2 or no maybe it was just the last scene of the movie where they're like hey we're doing a sinister sinister six yeah movie next time and it was like fucking that poor little david bowie kid oh yeah uh <laughs> whatever dane dehan yeah it was Dane DeHaan being like Valerian man, yeah, of Dane DeHaan of Valerian fame, uh, talking about how he wants to recruit people. Yeah, you know they're making the David Bowie movie. Why, or sorry, they're making the that Freddie Mercury movie and the Ellen John movie. Well, I want to make a David Bowie movie. Just do it. It, you know, British I, Hollywood. I don't get it either. They made a they made a David Bowie movie called uh, Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, but it wasn't good or whatever. Yeah, that? it wasn't it wasn't good. Remember you telling me about that? Did you see the trailer for Rocket Man? No. It looks like Bohemian Rhapsody with a healthy dose of fantasy, which looks fun. Wow. With uh uh Ansel Elgort or whatever his name is. Right? Or is uh, it Tarot Eganton? Who knows? They all have the same name. I can never remember anyone's name. Well, you know, I'll listen. I'll I'll rush out to see both those movies, and I get the feeling give it like another few years, and there's gonna be a fucking bomb ass David Bowie movie. It's just gonna sweep the nation. I really hope that Queen movie is good because a love Queen, like most people, it doesn't make me special. But uh, I, you know, I like it's got such a troubled production. I just hope it's a hope it ends up on its feet. It looks really good. So I, I'm yeah, it's looking forward. It's got some bombing, some bomb ass trailers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and I mean that brings up a great question: like, why did it take this long to make a Freddie Mercury movie? Well, remember, I told you the production troubles—they were gonna, and Natasha Baron Cohen was going to be attached to it, and Queen was like, "No, we want to make it more about us instead of just Freddie Mercury because we want to look good or whatever." Well, what I mean though is like he died back in I think '92, uh-huh. and it's been well, also like you know, twenty-five years. Or also, something? I can imagine like we can't. You know, the uh, Hollywood being like, we can't make a movie about someone that's gay. Oh, right. Like, yeah. you know, that I, I, I 100% bet that was the re- uh, that would be a big factor into, as to why they wouldn't make a movie like that. Right, yeah. Until, like, you know, now. And then, you know, still waiting on that. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm not waiting on a Kurt Cobain movie. But I, mean, I mean, there was Philadelphia and that kind of stuff. But still, it was a different time. Right, yeah. But Yeah, it was The Doors, though. It's good. Was it really? I haven't seen it. It was good. It was fine. It's it's your typical like biopic, you know. That's Where's the the official Beatles movie? Oh, who knows if that will happen? That'd be fun to see though. Seems I mean, like a hard movie to make. A hard day's night to make. <laughs> um, I guess because mostly yeah, the career spans such a long period. You you have to like just pick like the the white album sessions, and you could probably have enough enough for a movie right there, you know. Well, you know what? And also, I think a big factor with biopics is, like with musicians and stuff, is you're kind of, you. I feel like you have to run out the clock to when you, for when music becomes public domain and stuff. Because otherwise, like David Bowie especially, the reason, part of the reason that that Velvet Goldmine movie was no good is that, I think it was last minute maybe even, like David Bowie's like, no, you can't use my music. And so they couldn't use any music of his. Mm, there was a thing also. They were making a Jimi Hendrix movie, and Jimi Hendrix's family was like, never never license music to anybody! Because right. apparently 
they used Jimi Hendrix, I think, Purple, uh, or Purple Haze, or maybe, I forget which, the exact song, but it was in With Nail and I, which is a song about a couple of, you know, a movie about a couple of druggies or whatever. Uh-huh. And they were like, I'm, we're so sick of our fucking songs being this, my, you know, my, whoever, the relationship to Jimi Hendrix, his songs being used for this drug culture thing. That's oh. it. Interesting. Like, you know, no more movies and drug, or whatever. I forget the, what if they still, Surely they still license it to somebody sometimes, but there was like a Jimi Hendrix movie that came out pretty recently. I had all just whatever, like Jimi Hendrix based cover songs and none of the original music. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I think it might have, did it start Andre 3000 or am I making that up? No, no, no. Oh man. I don't know. It's, it's either him or someone that looks really, really similar to him, but I, I don't know. Um, remember that Andre 3000 had a children's television show and yeah, Disney I never Channel? saw that. What a weird time we used to live in. I mean, that's a pretty fucking cool thing to do, though. No, it's like as a, a musician, just be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a cartoon. With I mean, it's me a tale as old as time. Being some person and having a cartoon based off your likeness. MC Hammer did it. He did he? I didn't know. There that. was some '90s. I think he had a pair of talking shoes. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, the '90s had weird stuff. There was a there was that TV show with Wayne Gretzky as a cartoon <laughs> where he like solved crimes or whatever. <laughs> um, him and Michael Jordan and uh, well, Michael Jordan. I mean, well, they were a, they were on a team. Um, I mean, like you know, Mr. T at a TV show, RoboCop, but that's not a real person. Also, the fact that it's a RoboCop <laughs> kids television program is beyond bizarre. Could you imagine having in the world of RoboCop having to go up to having to have a meeting with RoboCop and being like, "Listen, we want to use your likeness for a TV show. Do we have your permission?" And then RoboCop just staring at you and being like, mm, maybe. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. <laughs> Be like, yeah. Anyways, um, Alex, listen, it's been a mouthful. All right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have anything more to say on this episode. I but- watched a video. It was like a f- 10-year-old video, but I watched something where... Peter Weller was talking about how what a, what a nightmare it was filming RoboCop, and they almost pulled the plug on the movie because the suit didn't work. Oh, and I, they had to like make it work, and then it did work. Yeah, I imagine it's a nightmare walking around. Well, because they like they, apparently he practiced a completely different style of moving his RoboCop, and then they put they put the outfit on. And, like he's just like, what the fuck is this? I can't move at all. And so oh. they had to like spend a whole weekend like reworking the whole character essentially, like in terms of the way it moved. Wow. And like strip the suit of anything that wasn't necessary and stuff, and like eventually they got it to work and. Orion or whoever made the movie was quite quite pleased. <laughs> I just bought that movie on Blu-ray. Well, you know what? I have that movie too. I haven't watched it in a long time. What the reboot? I'm just kidding. No, fuck the reboot. Never saw it. <sighs> Listen, guys, don't take a, a beloved uh, ultra violent movie like RoboCop and make it PG-13. It just doesn't work. Yeah, you should always do the opposite. Yeah, that's why I wanted that Ghostbusters reboot to be hard R. <laughs> Hey, you know what, ghosts? Fuck you. And the ghosts are all like, you know, their entrails are all spilling all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, when they're capturing... When they're but, but No, there's like zombie ghosts, you know? They're when like, they're sucking them up, it's like, yeah, the intestine getting sucked through the ugh, ghost body ugh. and then the lungs and the... Fu- uh, yeah, it's God, like that gross. scene in fucking Halo 4 where those people got fizzled. Uh, you played Halo 4 with yeah. me that one time. I don't know. That's fizzled. the first thing that thought that came to mind. Yeah. Or, I don't know... The part in 
the last crusade but that guy gets frizzled there's lots of he people gets getting miss frizzled he gets fizzled there's lots of fizzles oh speaking of miss frizzle uh woody harrelson and uh is miss frizzle if miss riddle and venom <laughs> that's who that was <laughs> all right there's now, gonna be a world of frizzle <laughs> all right kids get on this magic school bus we're gonna take you to a world of <laughs> space science World, we're going learning. to that little kid's gonna take his helmet off on Pluto. He should be dead. Venom, <laughs> I, I talk like I got a fucking uh, <laughs> chewing tobacco. He t- Woody Harrelson talks like he's like he has like chewing tobacco in his in his mouth. I love Woody Harrelson. He's yeah. a national treasure. He's great. And on that note, if you want to tell us how much you love Woody Harrelson or anyone else. Uh, we're on, uh, you know, you can find us at filmtasticvoyage.com, filmtasticvoyage at gmail.com, filmtasticvoyage on Facebook, filmtasticvoyage on YouTube now. Indeed. Yes. See us in glorious 480p. (laughs) And then, um, also we're on Letterboxd. I'm Batman Crothers, if you want to see what, uh, how many stars I give things. And I'm Mr. Kerosene on Letterboxd. Yeah, you actually write real reviews with words. Yeah. You should see my uh, wall clocks review. It is, it is a, a mean review. Oh really? Are you uh, calling people by like calling out people by name? No, I just said uh, basically. I just said yeah. I fell asleep during this movie, but for the parts where I was awake, it was okay. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, hey, listen, everybody, we're part of a bigger podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. Uh, you can find all these podcasts on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Just look for Let Me Listen Podcast Network. Leave us some comments. Leave us some ratings. Uh, tell your friends about us. Right? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe tell your, your family about us, too. Mike, one last question before we go. Sure. Does Venom thwip in the comics? Does, Does he, he thwip? Thwip. thwip. Th- Does he, like, thwip around? Does he use his, his, his wrist oh. whips to get through uh, the buildings and stuff? Maybe. Does he shoot? I don't, okay. I don't know. Does he shoot web? Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. I think he does. I know Carnage definitely does. So Venom does. I don't know. It's. I can't keep up. Just curious, because you know, not a Venom head, I suppose. Me neither. Not really. I just know he's pretty gooey. He's gooey. Yes. He's very gooey. Anyways. See you next week. Good night. Unless it's day. Don't be so presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs>